Dr. Baliga here. This podcast is a capstone podcast on genital urinary cancers. It is sourced from an outstanding chapter on genital urinary cancers authored by Dr. Arjun V. Baylar, MD, and Dr. Matthew I. Miloski, MD. This chapter is derived from Baliga's textbook of internal medicine, available at www.mastermedfacts.com. Dr. Baylar is the Director of Genital Urinary Medical Oncology Program at NYU Langone's Pearl Murder Cancer Center, where he leads a team of medical oncologists, nurse practitioners, social workers, other care providers who are dedicated to treating people having genital urinary cancers, including prostate cancer, bladder cancer, kidney cancer, and testicular cancers. Dr. Matthew Mulaski, MD is the George Gabriel Villare Distinguished Professor of Bladder and Genital Urinary Cancer Research. He's Section Chief for Genital Urinary Oncology and the Co-Director of the Urologic Oncology Program at the UNC Lineberger Comprehensive Cancer Center in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Must know facts about prostate cancer. Fact number one, PSA screening for prostate cancer in the general population is controversial and leads to overdiagnosis of clinically indolent cancers. Point number two, radical prostatectomy and radiation therapy are both acceptable treatments for low-risk clinically localized prostate cancer. Point number three, radiation with androgen deprivation therapy is the preferred treatment in patients with high risk or locally advanced prostate cancer. Point number four, Androgen deprivation therapy is the first-line standard of care in castration-sensitive metastatic prostate cancer. Point number five, docetaxel plus prednisone was the first systemic chemotherapy shown to improve survival in castration-resistant metastatic prostate cancer. Point number six, cabazitaxel, abiraton, Enzilutamide and Cypilucil T are agents recently approved by the FDA in the treatment of castration-resistant metastatic prostate cancer. Kidney cancer. Must know facts about kidney cancer. Point number one. Clear cell renal cancer is the most common renal cortical tumor. Point number two. Nephrectomy or partial nephrectomy is the treatment of choice for localized kidney cancers. Point number three, in advanced renal cell cancer, cytoreductive nephrectomy to reduce tumor burden may improve survival. Point number four, suntinib is the first line standard of care in patients with favorable and intermediate risk metastatic renal cell carcinoma. Point number five, temsirolimus is the first line standard of care in patients with poor risk metastatic renal cell cancer. And point number six, with the advent of molecularly targeted agents and new agents in development, the prognosis of metastatic renal cell carcinoma continues to improve. Urothelial cancer. Urothelial cancer or transitional cell cancer is the second most common genitourinary malignancy and occurs most commonly in the bladder. In the bladder, urothelial cancer is the most common histology, approximately 90%, and 70% of patients present with superficial disease, which is typically managed with transurethral resection of the tumor with or without intravesical 
therapies such as BCG. The remaining 30% of patients present with muscle-invasive tumors that are biologically and clinically distinct, with an estimated 50% risk of developing incurable metastatic disease. Must know facts. Point number one, cystoscopy with transurethral resection of the bladder tumor is gold standard in the diagnosis of bladder cancer. Urine cytology is a, used as an adjunct. Point number two, non-muscle invasive bladder cancer and muscle invasive bladder cancer are clinically distinct disease. Point number three, muscle invasive bladder cancer carries a risk of 50% of distant metastasis and the standard treatment is neoadjuvant chemotherapy containing cisplatin followed by radical cystectomy. Must know fact number four, cisplatin is the only agent known to improve survival in metastatic bladder cancer. However, 50% of all patients are ineligible for cisplatin due to poor performance status, advanced age and other medical comorbidities. Testicular cancer, approximately 8,500 cases of testicular cancer are diagnosed yearly in the US with less than 400 cancer-related deaths. 95% of testicular cancers are germ cell tumors, which is also the most common solid tumor malignancy in men aged 20 to 35 years. Germ cell tumors are broadly categorized as pure seminoma or non-seminoma. 50% of the cases of pure seminoma, they differ in histology, biology and treatment from non-seminomas. Non-seminomas, germ cell tumors include at least one component of embryonal carcinoma yolk sac tumor, chorea carcinoma or teratoma, and can include a component of seminoma. Primary non-seminoma germ cell tumors of the testicle, including sex cord stromal tumors such as Leydig cell and serotali cell tumors, are rare. Germ cell tumors may also arise less commonly in the retroperitoneum or mediastinum, but are treated similarly. Lymphoma and sarcoma can also occur in the retroperitoneum, but are less common in this age group. Germ cell tumors are, are highly curable malignancies requiring a multidisciplinary approach to therapy. Must know fact number one. Testicular germ cell tumors are the most common malignancy in men aged 20 to 35 years and more than 95% will achieve a cure. Point number two, radical orchiectomy is the initial treatment in both seminoma and non-seminoma. Point number three, clinical stage one seminoma has a 15 to 20% rate of relapse since essentially all can be cured at relapse. Active surveillance is preferred over adjuvant chemotherapy or radiation therapy. Point number four, clinical stage one non-seminoma is managed with primary retroperitoneal lymph node dissection. Point number five, advanced testicular germ cell tumors are treated with three to four cycles of systemic chemotherapy. Patients with non-seminoma should undergo resection of residual masses after chemotherapy. This is an, in a nutshell about genitourinary cancers. It is derived from an outstanding chapter authored by Dr. Arjun V. Baylar, MD and Dr. Matthew Miloski, MD. 
The chapter is derived from Baliga's textbook on internal medicine, available at www.mastermedfacts.com. Multiple choice question. A 32-year-old man was recently diagnosed with stage 2b mixed non seminomatous germ cell tumor. He initially presented with a painless right testicular mass and abdominal fullness. He underwent a right inguinal orchiectomy that demonstrated a mixed non seminoma germ cell tumor with embryonal carcinoma and 5% teratoma. Serum tumor markers including alpha fetoprotein, beta HCG and LDH were normal at presentation and after orchiectomy. CT of the abdomen and pelvis showed retroperitoneal adenopathy measuring up to 5 cm in the inter aortocaval region. He received 4 cycles of cisplatin-based chemotherapy and underwent a post-chemotherapy retroperitoneal lymph node dissection which revealed only a 2 cm focus of mature teratoma in a single lymph node. It is now 3 months since his retroperitoneal lymph node dissection. Which of the following is true in regarding his case? A. Due to the advanced stage of this disease, he is at significantly increased risk of developing a second testicular germ cell tumor in the contralateral testis. B. Despite retroperitoneal lymph node dissection, the retroperitoneum continues to be the most common site of metastatic recurrence and therefore he should undergo serial CT imaging of the abdomen and pelvis as well as physical examination to monitor for relapse. C. The presence of mature teratoma in the retroperitoneal lymph node dissection indicates occult residual germ cell tumor and he should undergo two additional cycles of cisplatin-based chemotherapy. D. After a post-chemotherapy retroperitoneal lymph node dissection, the most common site of metastatic recurrence is the chest and therefore he should undergo serial chest x-rays as well as physical examinations to monitor for relapse. And E. The patient had poor risk disease at presentation and therefore despite chemotherapy and retroperitoneal lymph node dissection, he has a 50% risk of disease recurrence. And the answer is 2 D. That is after a post chemotherapy retroperitoneal lymph node dissection, the most common site of metastatic recurrence is the chest and therefore he should undergo serial chest x-rays as well as physical examination to monitor for relapse. The risk of developing a germ cell tumor in the contralateral testis is approximately 1-2% to 2 regardless of the initial stage at presentation. This patient had good risk disease based on absence of non-pulmonary visceral metastasis and normal serum tumor markers. After a full course of chemotherapy and an adequate retroperitoneal dissection, the risk of relapse in patients with good risk stage 2b is less than 5% and when relapse does occur, it occurs most commonly in the chest. Mature teratoma is chemotherapy insensitive and therefore it is not an uncommon finding at the time of retroperitoneal lymph node dissection and is not treated with additional chemotherapy. The residual teratoma left in the retroperitoneum is at risk for secondary malignant transformation which when it does occur is most often a late relapse that is greater than 2 years and is associated with a good prognosis.